The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're going to need a little bit of time uh, to develop and, you know, where those opportunities would be. And frankly, the thing that put the Broncos over the top was they seem like they had the best plan of development for me. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that. I'm bringing it for you guys for 25 to 30 minutes every episode, every day. It is a Wednesday, which means we're going to dive into some of these rookie draft picks with Joe Dolan on the Fantasy Feast podcast today. So you got to know what you need to be thinking about for all these rookies from a fantasy perspective that got drafted. So we'll do every position starting with quarterbacks today for the rookies, so you guys can get a feel for your best ball drafts over at DraftKings, which is who we are presented by. Tomorrow already, we'll get Greg Cosell's biggest takeaways and thoughts from the NFL draft, and I'll announce the Spread the Word winner via social media, whether that's someone that does something with at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or even TikTok. And then we'll also have the sponsor confirmation email winner. Some awesome sponsors this week. Love ExpressVPN. The Game Time app is amazing. Raycon earbuds, like I rock the Raycon earbuds every day. And then YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Looks like more and more people are watching the show on video, which is amazing. So fired up, by the way, for today's guest. You know, takes me back like 22 years, which makes me feel crazy old. But it's the newest member of the Denver Broncos. His name is Henry Bird. Yes, he's a Princeton grad. But I love hearing the stories of how these guys found out what team they were going to get signed with, how it all went down. So let's dive into it with Henry. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, you definitely want to check him out on social media, at Henbird. It's so fun to actually see you, Henry. I've watched so many of your games the last four years. Dude, I feel like you started like every game for five years. Am I am I misremembering or something? It seemed like you were left tackle for like as long as I can remember for Princeton. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been there for a while. You know, after five years, you kind of feel like you've never left. 
It's crazy. So you did oh, so you cause you guys missed a year. Yeah, we had the we had the whole COVID situation, which man, that talk about uh messing up a draft class, messing up eligibility, man. You can't even figure out where anybody is. But that had to be so brutal to just not like you're the only guys that didn't get a chance to play the whole year. Yeah, it was it was pretty tough, uh, you know, sitting back home because uh, campus is still shut down too. Uh, you know, just having to watch like college game day and uh, you know having to watch just the Big Ten on noon, just sitting there like, man, that that should be me right now. Like, I can't believe I'm just sitting on my couch in my pajamas right now. Like, I just want to go out there and play. So it was pretty tough during that year, but. You know, that was the extra motivation, just watching every Saturday to get up Monday morning and lift. And, you know, once we finally did get to go back out there on 2021, man, it was it was something special. I can't even imagine, dude. Well, I actually can because there was a couple times where I got cut and was out of the league for a few weeks or, you know, whatever, until somebody else signed me. So I guess I kind of can. Man, that first game after Buffalo cut me and I was – I was at my in-laws house and like the NFL games were on the TV. I was, uh, oh, that was bad, bad. All right. So um, obviously when you go to Princeton, um, where both of us went, you're not really, and by the way, I'm not even just wearing this Princeton shirt because you're on the show today. It's literally like all I wear, like Cliff and the guys in the equipment room, like they, they give me so much gear that like I just wear Princeton stuff. Of like every day. Um, but when did you first think about the NFL? Like when did you first think? Because most guys, I know I I did not go to Princeton thinking NFL at all. Like not even a little bit. I'm, in fact, I probably thought I'm not going to the NFL, so I should go to Princeton or Harvard and get the best degree I can. When did you first kind of think about it? Yeah, coming out of high school, you know, I was still a little dejected that, you know, none of the big SEC offers uh, around me ever came in. Uh, And, you know, you'd want to go get, you know, your best possible degree. Um, But freshman year, uh, I played a bunch and even started a game at right tackle after some injuries. Um, So in my end of year meeting, uh, our old offensive line coach, the coach who recruited me, uh, Coach Arik, he sat me down and he was like, hey, like your potential is – much, much higher than just being an Ivy League football player. Like, you have a shot to go to the NFL if you really want it and you really want to work for it. And that was kind of the moment that first time I was ever like, yeah, I do want to do that. I mean, who doesn't want to? Like, you grow up as a kid running around, you go on Halloween, you put on the little helmet and jersey, and you know that's what you always want to do. And then, you know, you get older and you try to be realistic about the situation. But, you know, hearing that, your childhood dream once again is like still possible and still something you can chase after. It's a, it's a pretty great feeling. Uh, And so, you know, the five years, uh, especially with COVID, I was pretty undersized that helped me put on that extra, like extra mass, extra strength that I really needed uh, to take my game to like that next level. And, you know, five years later, here I am, you know, signing with the Broncos. It's awesome, man. Awesome. I think, um, so my freshman year, I actually started a couple games at the end for Princeton. And in the spring, Matt Burke got drafted in the sixth round at a Harvard. He got drafted by the Vikings. And I and in spring ball, they had moved me to offensive line. So that was the first time where I was like, wait a minute. I, I played against him as a DN as a freshman. He was good, but like I wasn't like, oh my gosh. And now I'm playing offensive line. Like if he can get drafted, maybe I can at least 
get signed or or get a chance. So that was sort of my first time I ever really even even considered it. I'm curious, Henry, I know it's changed a lot since I went through it a long time ago now. Um, what was the pre-draft process like? You know, where, where were you working out? Um, did you, was it just a pro day or did other offensive line coaches come to work you out? Do you actually talk to a bunch of the team? Kind of take my listeners through what, what the pre-draft process was like for you. Yeah, I mean, and it's different for everybody. Um, But, you know, right after the season, you know, you try to find an agent. And uh, I got connected with uh, Joe Linta, who was uh, your agent as well. And, uh, you know, only heard the highest things from him. And, you know, one of the things that Joe specializes in is really finding guys who, you know, have that shot, but no one really is looking at. Uh, That's really what happened with you. And it's what happened with me. Um, So, you know, I was graduated and luckily enough, uh, there's a really great training facility called X3 uh, here in Nashville that a bunch of pro guys go to and have a really great uh, pre-draft combine uh, training. So I went there um, and, you know, I, I heard some stuff. I talked to a couple of teams, but, you know, it really hadn't, you know, exploded yet. Uh, then pro day comes around and I had a pretty great pro day, um, moved well, did great in the position drills, uh, did really well on like the bench press and all the jumping stuff. So after I turned some heads there, that was kind of when uh, it really, really picked up for me. So after that, I did a couple of private workouts for some teams and uh, went to a couple of the uh, local pro days uh, for, you know, local uh, teams in the Jersey area. And so I had a pretty good idea that I was going to be signed um, after the draft because of that. Um, really did well in all of those. So, you know, it was really just sitting there during the seventh round seeing if, you know, your name's going to get called or, you know, right after the draft or you're going to go with uh, the best free agent option. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Did you think you were going to get drafted and take the listeners through the seventh round? Because I know that they call you guys now before the draft is over. Like, I, I, I know, I mean, look, some of these guys – Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, he announced like the first signing like three seconds after the draft ended, right? Like it, it so um, seventh round, like what percentage chance did you think you might get drafted? And then, you know, what was it like? Were they calling you or were they calling Joe or both of you? Yeah, so I, I knew there was some chance um, and it was really kind of down to like the scheme that each team ran. Um, and sort of how they saw me uh, fitting into it. So whether or not they had taken anybody earlier in the draft uh, who was, you know, an interior swing lineman like I am now, or, uh, you know, whether or not they ran, you know, a heavy zone concept scheme. Um, so you're kind of just playing the numbers game the entire seventh round, like who's this team taken, you know, what's their interest level in me. Uh, so maybe like considering like a one in four chance, you know, you obviously want to hear your name called, uh, but you know, that, doesn't happen for everybody, obviously. Uh, so, you know, you immediately had something lined up right after. Um, O-line coach of the Broncos, we had talked a couple of times before. Um, we were talking back and forth during the course of the draft. He himself was a seventh-round pick, so uh, he was very uh, understanding of, like, I get how stressful this can be towards the end. So uh, he was really kind of comforting, honestly, uh, with how everything was going down. And then 
you know, you, you want to hear your name called, but it's not. But immediately after, uh, you already kind of have your deal in place and you know where you're going. So immediately after the draft, it's, well, you know, you get to say you're an NFL player 10 minutes later than everybody else at the end of the day. Like it's, you know, it, that feeling is still just unbelievable. And it's, it, it's really nothing like you've ever felt before, honestly. Um, I, uh, I had one of your teammates, Andre Yosivash on the show, I don't know, week, two weeks ago. And I told him my story cause it was different for me, Henry. I didn't even know if I was going to get signed. So for me, it was like, um, I was out of my mind excited. Um, I should have celebrated with some Labatt Blue Lights. I didn't. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You know, actually, now that I think about it, I ran right out to Cottage. I might have had a couple of Labatt Blue Lights right after that. I don't know for sure. Um, I definitely probably had something. So, so I, I guess I want to know, like, like what other teams did you consider and why did you pick the Broncos? Because I know that there were other teams that were interested in you. So what other teams did you consider and why did you pick the Broncos? What were the factors that led you, in addition to the offensive line coach, Zach Streif, by the way, who's an awesome guy, um, awesome guy. I'm glad you're with him. But just kind of when did you kind of know it would, it would be Denver and why? Yeah, so some of the other teams uh, that were looking at me were San Francisco, uh, New Orleans, um, and the Titans, actually, uh, back here in Nashville. Um, you know, it was sort of sort of like the scheme is really one of the big things. I'm playing for a Sean Payton offense, uh, one of the greatest offensive minds. You know, that's, that's something that's very, very intriguing. Uh, so scheme fit was a big thing I looked for at all the teams. Um, you know, would I be in a good position, uh, like a good position to thrive in that offense? Um, another thing was just looking at depth, uh, being coming from an Ivy League school, you know, you're going to need a little bit of time uh, to develop and, you know, where those opportunities would be. And frankly, the thing that put the Broncos over the top was they seemed like they had the best plan of development for me, um, sort of the best understanding of my game uh, and the best vision of you know, how can I personally take this to the next level and have a successful career? Love it. Um, when we come back, I want to talk mini camp a little bit because that is uh, the next step for you. All right, so Henry, mini camp is, is it this weekend or next weekend? It's next weekend. All right. So what what has Joe told you? What are your thoughts on, uh, on mini camp? What position are you going to be playing? So I'm just starting out at guard, um, but, you know, there's not a lot of people uh, who can say that, you know, I'll play some center, I'll play some tackle. Uh, so I'm going to be swinging across the whole entire line. Um, that's one of my uh, big appeals. Uh, but as, as far as uh, getting ready for minicamp, uh, I got to get ready for the altitude change. That's, uh, that's going to be a big one. So I've been getting on the Stairmaster every single day, getting like 25, 30 minutes in, getting that heart rate up, trying to acclimate myself as close as I can. Love it. All right. I've got, I've got uh, a couple pieces of advice for you. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one, none of those guys are your friends. Okay. I'm not saying you have to be mean to them, but they're not your friends. You have plenty of friends from high school, 
You have plenty of friends from college. You are there to earn a job, period. You don't need to be friendly with any of them. Number two, whatever the level of intensity is, you need to press the limit, okay? If the coaches tell you to calm down, if the coaches tell you you need to pull back a little bit, you need to relax, that's a good thing. That That's a good sign, right? So whatever the level of physicality is or intensity, you set it. You push the limit. You want them to have to tell you to relax. The next thing is Coach Streif is going to show you some different techniques. You need to do them as well as you possibly can. I don't care if at night you go back to the hotel room and you practice them so that the next day or the next practice, he's like, wow, that Henry Bird kid, I mean, I showed it to him once and the next day he was already doing it well. You already hinted at this. You need to know what you're doing at every spot. And if there's a chance to take a rep at any of the other spots, you do it, period. Because that provides a lot of value if you show, even in the rookie minicamp, that you can play multiple positions. So that would be my things. Number one, you're not there to make friends. Number two, you push the limit of the physicality and the intensity. Number three, practice the O-line coach's techniques as much as you can so that you're the one that shows that you can learn them the fastest. And number four, be ready, willing, and able, in fact, volunteer to go in any position at any time so they're like, holy crap, the Princeton kid can already play all five spots. Got it? Yes, sir. Dude, I I get, like, even just talking to you, man, like, I get chills. Like, I, I... I want to go kill somebody. Like, I, I I, remember it. Like, you know what's so funny? You'll appreciate this because you grew up in Nashville. I played guard at Princeton. And my first minicamp, they moved me to right tackle because I was tall and they needed – so I didn't even play tackle at Princeton. I'm playing tackle. I had our DNs at Princeton after I got signed line up a yard off, off sides so I could get used to the speed, Okay. And um, the guy I was going against, his name was Terry Bryant. He was second team all ACC DN, I don't know, like 6'4", 280. Dude, I just kept blocking him. Like, I had never gone up against an ACC guy from Clemson. I just kept blocking him. And I, I remember I kept thinking, like, like when's he going to turn the Clemson on? Like, when's he going to turn the good on? And I realized, like, they're really not that great. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But I think I had built them up so much in my head I actually thought they'd be better than they were. Like, they're not any better than you, dude. They're not. And I, I'm trying so – I don't swear on my podcast, so I'm not going to, but I'm trying so – I mean, I want to swear so bad. Like, um, uh, what's the best – the heck with those guys, okay? That's how I'll say it. The heck with those guys. They're not any better than you are. Gosh, I'm so pumped for you. The last thing, because I know this always gets talked about with you. You're probably sick of it already, but I've read a couple articles – Tell me about the tap dancing thing. So you sure. were in a play in high school, which by the way, if that's true, that's amazing. I wish I had been in a play and you had to tap dance for it or something. What's the deal? Yeah, no, I've talked about the tap dancing a million times and, you know, it used to kind of just be my fun fact and now it's just like the lead thing everybody knows about me. So I'm not really surprising anybody anymore. I got to get a new one. Uh, so we had like some art classes requirements um, in high school uh, back at uh, Innsworth High School. 
Um, and one of the classes was called Dance for Athletes. And you do a bunch of different dance styles in it. I took it as a freshman. And, you know, as we went through all the different styles, all the ballet and, you know, whatnot, one of the things we did was tap dancing. And turns out I was actually pretty good at it and really liked it. So I took Dance for Athletes, too. Uh, stuck with it and that kind of snowballed too by the time my senior year rolled around uh, I was in like an honors dance class uh, and one of the things that we did was you could design like a little project and uh, so for like the spring like dance concert I did uh, singing in the rain with like six people on the dance team so I was the only guy out there and it was six girls on the dance team uh, just doing singing in the rain. It was unbelievable. I, I still can't believe that I did it. It was so funny. That is awesome. Says a lot about you, not only your footwork, but your confidence, right? That you would do that, that like a big old lineman or whatever would do that. Henry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, love watching you the last five years. Uh, congrats on all your success. Congrats on signing with the Broncos. And dude, you can do this. You can freaking do this. I know you can just go out there and be confident as you should be. You're as good as any of those guys, man. It, I know it was, I would not be a good coach. I would swear every other word. Henry. Thanks dude. I appreciate you Ross. Thanks for everything over the last five years too, man. All right. There he is. Henry bird. He is awesome. Raycon wireless earbuds are awesome. Look, I have in my hand right now, more and more people are watching the show on video which is amazing. I love these things. Like I am borderline obsessed with Raycon earbuds. Every purchase needs to be perfect. They have buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. There's a reason why they have 50,000 five-star reviews. I gotta be honest with you. I like that they don't stick out of my ears. Like why do you want the weird ones that stick out of your ears? You can't even see when I have these in with their custom gel tips. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tucker today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with the Packers signing Jordan Love to a one-year extension through 2024. It's worth up to $22.5 million, including $13.5 fully guaranteed. I like this compromise. You know, I don't think the Packers wanted to be on the hook for over 20 mil next year if he ends up not being the guy. And Jordan Love, I think, wanted to lock in 13 and a half mil in case he's not good, right? I mean, he gets to at least lock that in and also makes it seem like he's got a two-year window to be the quarterback. That's not true, by the way, because they will absolutely move on from him if he stinks this year. But in his mind, at least he's got that financial security. It makes sense to me. Tuck Stakes. So the fifth-year options for 2022 for, or 2020 first-round picks would be exercised yesterday. Other than the Jordan Love one we just mentioned, anything else stand out to you? Only 12 guys, Jack. Only 12 guys had their fifth-year options um, picked up. That says a lot, right? I mean, we always say, oh, you can't grade a draft for three years. Well, that's a decent grade, right? Like those teams, those they don't get A's or A pluses for those guys if they're not picking up their fifth year option. So it says a lot who does and who doesn't get their fifth year option picked up. Tuck stakes. 
some signings across the league. Jets sign offensive lineman Billy Turner to a one-year, $3.5 million deal. Bills pick up defensive tackle Puna Ford and running back Latavius Murray. And the Chiefs bring back running back Jarek McKinnon. Well, McKinnon was awesome for the Chiefs. I always thought it made sense for him to go back there. I like the Bills picking up a power back and Murray, a D tackle. Like The Bills realize they need to get more physical, so I like that. And then the Jets, again, getting Billy Turner. He's got guard tackle versatility. Just reinforce what I said about the draft. Ducks takes. Some terrible news. Buccaneers offensive outside linebacker Shaq Barrett, two-year-old daughter, passed away in family pool. Absolutely awful. Um, there is nothing else to say other than I'm thinking about Shaq Barrett's entire family and hope that they can, you know, find a way to, to get through this. Ducks takes. Colorado head coach, head coach Deion Sanders is ashamed at 31 NFL teams for only drafting one player from HBCU college. This is going to be my Labatt take of the week presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I'm ashamed that Dion is ashamed that the NFL teams didn't draft more HBCU players. What a poor choice of words. Maybe disappointed. So let me get this straight. The guy that just ran off pretty much every scholarship kid at Colorado so he could bring in better players, college kids on scholarship, is mad because the NFL teams draft who they think are the best players? I mean, Dion, there was only two guys from the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which is the best FCS conference. One guy from the CAA, which is great football. One guy from the Ivy League. I mean, Dion, you know that these teams are just trying to take the best players, period, to try to win. No idea why he would be ashamed. Makes no sense to me. And I'm ashamed that Dion is ashamed. I mean, seriously, like what, why would you say that ashamed that has a very different connotation to it. That bothers me. I mean, maybe he's just sticking up for his guys, but come on. Speaking of come on, come on and listen to the fantasy feast podcast today. We are breaking down rookie quarterbacks for your fantasy team. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. How about some shout-outs before we go? MyFrontPageStory.com, by far the best Mother's Day gift ever, ever. BackOfficeSchedule.com, Evergreen Economics, Go-Bangles.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture and Pizza Boy Brewing. Now I think we're definitely done here.